Hello and welcome to the Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast. I am here with the CEO of Lamaglass Fishing Rods, Tom Posey. And Tom, can you tell me a little bit about what you do as CEO of Lamaglass? Uh, run the company. It's a seven-year-old company. It's been around forever. Um, we make a lot of great fishing rods, specifically for certain fisheries around the United States. Salmon and Steelhead is big for us and coordinate the activities of our salespeople, our marketing people, our administrative staff, our team members, our ambassadors, kind of all of the above, and set the course for the business plan that, um, that we all agree on as a team and, and push that forward. So Tom, we are in an interesting time here in Washington State and the world as a whole during the, what will be a historic uh, moment in the world, the coronavirus shutdown and uh, in the case of Washington State specifically, a statewide fishing closure. And uh, so as a fishing rod manufacturer and someone who interacts with fishermen and fisherwomen daily, what are your general overarching thoughts on the fishing closure? I certainly understand um, what the governor has proposed and implemented for the state because you know the state of Washington is a hot spot and you do need to control it. Um, the only thing that I would want to talk about is maybe modifying that a little bit so you could go out on your own and fish. Just something more in in the middle. I think it's really hard to shut something down because it has such a dramatic effect down river. When I say that I mean in other businesses whether it's you know, it's hospitality or takeout restaurants or, you know, the fishing and hunting stores that we have and, and all those types of things. And I think that, you know, the social distancing is the key, the theme. And if, if there was a way to work that in and kind of talk that through, um, I think that would be great. I think that would be great. But again, I think we all certainly understand, um, you know, the concern. Yes, and some of the ideas um, or, or reasons rather uh, that I've heard brought forth is some of the ancillary activities that come with it such as stopping at gas stations, grocery stores, er areas to mm -hmm. um, stock up and then also the fact that fishing will generally bring movement of anglers from one part of the state to another part mm -hmm. of the state or even across mm -hmm. state, uh, state lines. You know at the end of the day our fisheries are massively challenged in this in the Northwest and you and I are going to talk about the trip I made to Washington DC here uh, mm -hmm. right before the outbreak and some of the things that we're all working on but you know at the end of the day everybody needs to catch a fish and that's a whole nother subject because we're talking about you know a situation of a pandemic here and there's certain things that have to be done but um, it'd be nice again for a common sense approach and a lot of the things you said were appropriate yeah mm -hmm. and in light of that um, it's certainly a time of stress and uh, a lot of people are experiencing some cabin fever. Interestingly enough, um, I believe Washington is the only state at this point with a statewide closure of fishing. And many other states have actually encouraged fishing and outdoor recreation areas, of course, with common sense. And some have even waived license fees for uh, fishing during this time. And one of the concerns with Washington state is the monitoring of ESA listed Endangered Species Act listed fish such as salmon and steelhead that monitoring those from a legal level becomes impossible or near impossible so one possible solution there would be to 
you could perhaps close salmon and steelhead much as I don't want to see that happen um, you could close salmon and steelhead and then just enforce uh, or rather encourage local fishing only and like you said pack a lunch and uh, catch and release catch and release whatever it needs to be yeah um, I mean people just want to get out yes and you don't want to injure your industry um, if you if you can at all avoid it right absolutely and one of the contrasting things about this is that hiking walking your dog other other activities are still allowed and even encouraged so although we would never want to think selfishly just as anglers ourselves it does seem a little bit like it's being singled out specifically during this time yeah i i kind of feel like that some ways and given that you know the hatcheries don't produce what they've produced and it just kind of feels like we're targeted sometimes the hunting and fishing community um, i don't know if it's true or not it just feels that way with that in mind uh, let's talk a little bit about before all of these closures and the outbreak what did you go to washington dc to address well Lama Glass has been a member of ASA for over 60 years um, and that's where they're based and they're basically an advocate for fishing and uh, the fishing in, uh, industry. Um, so we've got you know folks down there that are in touch with Capitol Hill and they invited myself and and Tim Schooner of Maxima Line and we flew out there and visited several senators um, uh, Jeff Merkel um, and Ron Wyden um, Susan Bonamici, excuse me, hopefully I'm pronouncing everybody's name properly, and to meet with them and just talk about the state of affairs uh, for, for the Northwest. I mean, everybody that lives in the Northwest is really, we're here to salmon fish. I mean, there's so many people that we're kind of known for our salmon, and, and it's, it's been challenged massively the last 15 years for sure. Um, and so that's what we were talking about, and mainly it was talking about, is there anything we can do on diversion of dams and that's not tearing down dams that might be diverting the water around a dam depending what it produces for power and if it makes sense um, we also talked about sea lions i mean we had a sea lion in the parking lot over in kalama um, you know they're eating a lot of fish and uh, it's really taken a toll um, they're so aggressive now they're in these small streams and it's just crazy and bird predation and uh, which affects your hatchery output and things like that so for me not really digging way deep i just could say that you know we really talked about you know dam diversion sea lions bird predation and getting the hatcheries fired up because again it's really about the next generation the legacy of this sport and and what is so dear to our hearts but i will tell you that i felt like in from the senator ron wyden and and mr merkel that they really want to try to help and do something i think it's a struggle for people to kind of figure it out but there, it's a real, real uh, complicated matter, but I think we can get somewhere. I'm not a politician, so, uh, but I really enjoyed being there, and, and I think we did some good. With what you're addressing, you're not um, talking some extreme measures or anything. They are, uh, in a sense, compromises, such as in the case of the dam diversion, things like that kind of serve the interests of both industry, fishing, um, obviously in politics there are a lot of compromises that need to be made but something that kind of moved the needle mm -hmm. towards a better future for this we can only do what we can do now mm -hmm. but uh, what was your general feeling of the interest in what 
the Columbia River, specifically in Washington, mm -hmm. Idaho, and Oregon. Mm -hmm. what, what was your feeling about the level of participation and interest in what we're doing here? I think it's massive, and I think the senators and the Congress women, congressmen want to do something. And it seems like everybody's kind of looking at different things, whether it's bird predation, the sea lion issue, or studying the dams. If there was a way to get everybody together and focused, I think that'd help a lot. But I really think they're trying to get this solved, and they've, they've made a few steps. Uh, it's just not enough. I, I just kind of think sea lions shouldn't be allowed in the freshwater, keep them out in the ocean. I mean, that'd be a great way to start, but how do you get there, you know? Yeah, and it's a, it's a long, it's been a, a long running battle. Uh, we have seen one instance where there is finally, at Willamette Falls, yep. they have actually, instead of just trapping and removing mm -hmm. them for the sea lions to come back in one or two days, they have actually euthanized specific sea lions that have been seen mm -hmm. killing sturgeon, salmon, and steelhead. Yep. And in one year, the wild steelhead run at Willamette Falls it had already doubled as of a month. It went or so from ago. what was it, 600 to 3,200 or something? Yeah, quickly. Something crazy. Quickly. Within two years. And yeah. it does not take more than one trip out on the Columbia River, one mm -hmm. fishing trip during spring Chinook season or pretty much any season to see massive destruction of mm -hmm. salmon, steelhead, and even sturgeon. Every single person on the Columbia River who is out there fishing in a hog line or trolling has seen sea lions destroying fish while they're sitting there struggling for a bite. And they are putting thousands upon thousands into the economy, into boats, into bait, into hotels, fishing rods, of course, and all of these different things. Well, the sea lions have completely taken over. So it looks like we're making some progress. Do you think that the sea lions themselves are being recognized for what they are, or is there still a massive uh, pushback due to the marine mammal protection well there's been some changes in that act now i believe that certain native americans have the ability now to remove sea lions i think there's some new initiatives to continue to remove them at a very um you know limited basis i guess you'd say hoping that it's learned behavior and maybe the other ones will uh, follow suit um, so that's kind of where it is now um, how do you really kind of get it cleaned up because i just think they need to be out of this fresh water um, in order to get these uh, the fish runs back. I'm not sure how close we are to that or not and with the amount of organizations out there whether it's CCA, NSIA, Northwest Steelheaders and all the rest it's another case of you know maybe a little more focused by those groups would be mm -hmm. a, a thing. If we could just get this resolved then everybody can kind of go do what they need to do but this mm -hmm. is an issue that everybody needs to team up on and get it done. And I'm not saying that people aren't, but it, I think it needs more focus, I think is a fair statement. And like, like I've said, you know, uh, Tim and I will continue to travel out to Washington with ASA and ASA's got a rep now for the West Coast and um, Danielle is very good. She can get these meetings, she's an influencer. That's what it's all about is what's your influence and what's your access. Um, some of the other groups that uh, that maybe we don't agree with, that are more native oriented, are much more organized than, than a lot of our groups. Um, they're very, very serious. And that's probably another thing we need to do is probably step up our game a little bit, um, just to get caught up. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's the game that we're playing right now. Now, there are many issues that seem to be div uh, divisive, but there are also a, a lot that 
almost every group can can find agreement in. Mm -hmm. And in a perfect world where we had a massive run of salmon and, you know, no dams and everything was just like it was in the 1800s, the sea lions, even if they were in freshwater, wouldn't be an issue. But we are in a different situation where the sea lions have been able to thrive and uh, the fish runs have not, and they have all sorts of barriers to upstream movement that are trapping them. So perhaps there are some issues, such as sea lions, and uh, to a lesser extent, certain dam removals. Of course, some dams are absolutely necessary for flood control in certain areas, but uh, maybe there are issues that we can all agree on and move yeah. forward on more, mm -hmm. more so. Yeah. Um, so you yourself, as a, as a fishing rod manufacturer, you've seen the up and down in the world. Your father, Dick Posey, ran mm -hmm. Lamaglass uh, since... What year it was, was 1965 it? to 2015, January 2015 to the age of 87. So a long time. And very, yeah. very involved yes. in the fishing industry. Yes. And so what do you think are some of the primary challenges if we, if we go outside maybe the specific sea lion issues and things of that sort mm -hmm. to the fishing world and retail stores and such? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, it has an effect when you shut down fishing to uh, the economy. We talked about that, that, you know, the down leg effect, the economic effect. Uh, it's just not one thing. It's, it's all those great stores out there that we all work with. And um, as we discussed, if there was a way to mitigate this, that would at least keep, keep all these businesses in play. That's all we're trying to do through this. Be smart. Keep it in play. Practice social distancing and the rest. And, uh, and move forward. So in the mm -hmm. salmon and steelhead world, Lamaglass, of course, has, a, has had a steady foothold in mm -hmm. that for years and mm -hmm. is quite the innovator. The history is pretty amazing yes. to look into. Yep. Um, but beyond that, Lamaglass mm -hmm. has also been absolutely massive in the Northeast for striper fishing. And mm -hmm. it's interesting for salmon and steelhead anglers to look over there and see what's going on over there. It's a mm -hmm. whole different world as far as the fishing rods that they use. Mm -hmm. um, what have you seen there as far as their challenges? Is it a, is it a different situation? Is everything booming? How, how, do, how does the Northeast look? Well, the North, Northeast is strong. There's a lot of, a lot of striped bass, but they're, they're worried about, you know, can, or maintaining their fishery. There are some overuses, maybe some of the you know the commercial not to say commercial but you know party boats if you will mm -hmm. and maybe taking some of the bigger fish that they'd like to uh, release and things like that so you know they've got their challenges as well but they've had a pretty strong um, fishery over there for a number of years um, and they're they're doing a lot there to keep that fishery going um, so there's similar challenges um, a little bit different but but similar yeah so Lamaglass has certainly got a nice diversity of fishing rods. Um, what are some of the things that you guys are branching out into, let's say, in 2020? Well, just to let you know, we're really strong, like you said, in the salmon and steelhead market. So we run from basically northern California through the north northwest over to the Great Lakes and up to New York to the Salmon River. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the majority of, of the salmon fishing in the U.S., and we're a player in all those markets as well as British Columbia and Alaska. We've got a great offering for Alaska. And so our, our other market, you know, our legacy market is the surf market, surf casting market inshore. And we're also now uh, have several new initiatives for Florida. 
uh, where we'll get involved in some offshore inshore down there and start to tie the northeast to the Florida southeast market as well. So we're pretty excited about that as well as other markets uh, in the U.S. Um, but, you know, I just kind of identified our core markets, the west coast, northwest, through the Great Lakes, up through New York and the northeast uh, for uh, striped bass and other species inshore and surf casting and offshore. Uh, fishing and then we'll roll that down into the southeast into Florida as well Yes, and those markets and the fishing rod models have a lot of history mm -hmm. um, one thing that I've noticed about lamaglass is If you look at it from an outsider perhaps like an overarching business perspective Lamaglass takes risks I would say in um, and this is a good thing mm -hmm. in my opinion in terms of trying fishing rod models, trying different series mm -hmm. that may not immediately to the outside perspective mm -hmm. have like a built-in market right. right away. Whereas you're kind of creating markets mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot of other manufacturers will perhaps want to follow suit more to mm -hmm. an existing market mm -hmm. or an existing style of rod that works. Why do you think that is that Lamaglass continues to, I guess, innovate is a good yeah. is a good word word for it, but also just being willing to, yeah, to mess around in the rod design room. I think it's in the DNA. We really spend a lot of time on research and development for different markets. If you look at where we've come in the center pin market, for instance, here in the last three years, um, three or four years, it's been tremendous. Um, with our Redline series as an entry-level series, a very affordable, moving right up to the closer, which is identified now as maybe the, the top center pin rod in, the, in North America, in the Great Lakes and other areas. And center pinning is taking off, like you said, it's an emerging market. We're seeing a lot more done in the Northwest than we ever have. And, you know, Roger Hinchcliffe is leading that initiative, and he's world-renowned in center pin fishing. And so... I guess it's kind of part of who we are and we really work hard at, at getting it right in these fisheries because nothing goes to the market unless it's been tested true through our team members inside the building first, all our team members and get that feedback and get it done. It's a lot of work and we don't like to let anything go out of the building unless it's right. And we got all these great people that fish this stuff and they won't let it get out of the building. So it takes a lot of work to do that. It really does. For sure. So what are, what are some of the things that you've done inside the factory uh, since, you've, since you've been here with Lamaglass to kind of bring the rods to the, to the, the next level? Well, we, a lot of reinvestment in the manufacturing process, whether it's new equipment, state-of-the-art in the blank plant, you know, clean rooms, improved clean rooms in the finishing piece, um, uh, making sure we stay up to date on our materials and our components and any type of other materials needed to make it the best that it can be. As you know, our signature line, our high-end rods are, are the U.S. Uh, series, and then we have price point rods to help people get into our rods, but they all have the same, you know, DNA, if you will, all the way down from start to finish, and we, we utilize the good, better, best model, and they're all tested the same way. So. We work pretty hard around here, everybody does. What would you say are some of the, the biggest challenges in the, the fishing rod or maybe the fishing manufacturing world as a whole? Super competitive, mm -hmm. very competitive. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of great companies out there. Mm -hmm. um, we're blessed, Lamaglass is blessed, we're a brand. 
Um, people know that when they buy our product, they're going to get what they pay for, and we're going to stand behind it. Um, but we're competing every day, and it keeps you on your toes. Um, you, you, you know, we've been around 70 years, but you got to work every day for every every week and every month and every year. There's nothing guaranteed. You got to keep working hard. You've done well in other industries, such as the real estate world. What do you think of the the, the fishing world? Well, when I first you know, I've been involved with the company for many, many years on special projects, but when I got the call to come in and, and run this company, um, I thought it'd be a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. I don't yep. think I've worked harder. Seriously, yeah. I, I really don't. And that's not to say that I didn't work super hard in the real estate. I really did. But this this is more of a different dynamic. It's when any time you're married to a retail environment, it definitely uh, increases the, uh, you know, the intensity. It really does. One thing that, that it kind of seems to me would be a, a difference is that perhaps in the real estate world, you're more focused in on, on certain decisions, certain initiatives. Mm -hmm. And it seems like here at Lamaglass, you've kind of just got to make rapid fire decisions for all these different areas of the business yeah it's not just yeah. one thing all the time you're right running many different parts of that yeah you have to make good quality decisions quickly because that's what people want out of a manager they want to be able to come in and address a concern or what the what the issue or problem is and you've got to be able to give them a solution quickly and then you got to make sure that that solution encompasses the company or whatever it's going to impact that's the real trick to this whole thing. Um, there's nothing simple about some of these decisions because they can reach all the way through the factory. You gotta be very careful. Oh yeah. You gotta yep. be very careful. Have you always made perfect decisions? No, I haven't. <laughs> but I feel like I'm getting a lot better. Absolutely. Sure. No, it's it's yeah. been really cool to see Lama Glass as a company evolve. Um, for, there's always been quality and excellent design in Lama Glass, but it's kind of evolved into this this new world of business and marketing mm -hmm. and of, of course the online world. Well it's just changed I mean from I've been here a little over five years and when I walked in the door you know online was just a baby even though it's been you know Amazon's been at it for quite some time but I think it really hit the retro rockets uh, you know back in 2014 and you know we got involved with our e-commerce um, partners and uh, and that's when the whole content thing took off whether it's narrative filming um, you know whatever medium you're, you're talking about it's now all all in and you have to be uh, you have to be a part of all of it and if you aren't you're gonna be left behind so we're very involved we kinda believe we're a technology company in many ways and that's the way we're directing ourselves obviously we're a fishing rod company but you have to be a technology company you have to think digital in this world mm -hmm. you really do and with the e-commerce in mind would you say that there is still in the fishing could you describe the the retail presence still for the fishing rod world well I think that the retailers bring the expertise to their clientele and what I've seen um, the, the successful companies have really garnered their followers, their customers to their e-commerce. They provide the knowledge and the direction and the guidance and the consulting to get them to that right purchase, whatever that is. 
And then hopefully what they want to see happen is that transfers to their online presence. And so you want to contain your client base into your, into your retailer, whichever one it is, right? So now a lot of people would say that they would want to hold the fishing rod before, mm -hmm. they, before they purchase it. Mm -hmm. So do a large percentage of them buy online or what would you say that is? I think there's a lot of online purchasing. I think there is obviously people, maybe they go into stores, mm -hmm. maybe they check it out, but I, I think that there's a lot of buying that's done based on content. Hmm. You know, I'm a little older, right, Lucas, yeah. and you're young and you know this and you're kind of that generation. It seems to me that we're seeing a percentage of folks that don't mind doing the research mm -hmm. and making the purchase. But I think it is a shake and wiggle thing, but mm -hmm. that e-commerce is growing uh, at a market rate in uh, the fishing industry like the other ones and it's a you know about 30 percent plus minus mm -hmm. online sales year over year for most companies yeah. depending on where they are yeah I fish just about every you know series there is and they're phenomenal even in the even in what I would call a price point model mm -hmm. although of course lamb glass doesn't go to the bottom of the barrel you know right just trash rods or anything but there is still price point rods. and we continue to improve rods with new guides new handles new things mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's probably not our best move but we don't always increase the price yeah it's very hard to increase pricing but we feel obligated to continue to improve if we see something that needs to be improved and we'll do it and uh and we pay for it so maybe if my dad was still here he wouldn't think that was such a good idea but <laughs> Oh well. Well, it's the right thing for the customer. It is and the right thing for Lamaglass. That's what they've always done. Yeah, they've always delivered a quality project mm -hmm. for a quality, a good price. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom, I really appreciate speaking with you today. Mm -hmm. So, for our listeners, uh, where would you recommend perhaps people to go take a look at a, um, either learning about the rods or maybe seeing some in person? Or we're in most every retailer in the Northwest that carries fishing and hunting equipment we're there and if you need to do additional research go on to lamaglass.com we've got content we've got information we've got pictures we've got youtube we got videos we got it all so that's another resource that'll help you go to the store and buy also at salmontroutsteelheader.com there's mm -hmm. a couple specific product reviews to yeah. a couple specific models and i just want to give a shout out right now to my current favorite model, which is the G1000 Pro, the GP10 MHC. You can also get it in the MHS spinning. Um, that rod for me has just been awesome, uh, throwing spoons with, drift fishing, doing some uh, float fishing with it. And then uh, Nick Amato, uh, he got four of the spinning rod models for his, uh, for his drift boat. And uh, I got to fish those with him uh, dragon bait behind bobbers they worked phenomenal Nick loves them because they're just so multi multi-purpose you can get a bigger fish in but it can still fish little steelhead gear I mean there's a lot of stuff out there that's great but for me I really think more people ought to know about that 10 footer it's a 10 to 15 two-piece I love it you know I think it's that if 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 you're a Northwest guy and you want one rod to chase coho Chinook and steelhead that's one of those rods that'll do it, 10 foot, 10 to 15. That's my favorite. But well, and Lamaglass really appreciates our partnership with Salmon Trout Steelheader. Um, it's been a great relationship for, I don't know, 40 years, forever. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's a great magazine. 
the Great Lakes Angler is another great magazine that we participate in as well um, that covers the Great Lakes and great information on some of the rods that we have and um, I don't know I'm just excited about about salmon trout steelheader and Great Lakes Angler and thank you so much for all the work that you guys do for the industry. It's an exciting time and uh, I'd have to say we are thankful for all the listeners and readers and how many people are subscribing. It's been crazy to see all the support, people subscribing during a time when they have to stay home, maybe not fish as much or learn. And you know what's kind of funny, just as a side note, is how many subscribers we have to salmon trout steelheader in parts of the country that don't even have salmon trout and steelhead. And I think that's because people move out of the state and they still want to read about it. This obsession is real with yeah, salmon trout steelhead. So it it's funny to see, but... Hey, we're going to come through this. We're going to get better fishing on the other side. This is going to be great. Mm -hmm. I think that this economy is going to boom and America is going to come out of this thing. And we are. We're going to win. Absolutely. Until then, we will uh, we'll hunker down and keep doing yes, what we do. That's right. Well, thanks again, Tom. Have a wonderful day. And thank you all for listening. Please subscribe. Please comment below. Go ahead. Check out lamaglass.com. And we will see you guys next time.